Uh, welcome inside the lab at Formula 4 Media. I am Bob McGee. And today, Sean McBride, Executive Vice President of Sports at Ketchum Sports and Marketing, is joining us again. He was with us earlier uh, talking about the Olympics. Today, our discussion will focus on another gigantic month-long global sporting event that hits the world stage in about a month. Well, actually, I should say not a month, in about two weeks. The 2018 World Cup that's being hosted by Russia. Uh, during his 20-year career in sports marketing, Mr. McBride has worked in many aspects of the soccer industry, from representing athletes in the U.S. and the United Kingdom to working on behalf of FIFA for the 20, uh, 2003 Women's Women's World Cup. Uh, good morning, Sean. Uh, first, let's address, I guess, the, the big issue here in the U.S., U.S. and that is how will the World Cup resonate here in the United States in June and into July, given that the U.S. did not qualify and won't be participating. What does this that mean for the event sponsors and fans here in North America? Thanks, Bob. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how the how the FIFA World Cup resonates here in the U.S. over the next uh, month or so. You know the significant disappointment around the U.S. men's national team not qualifying for the World Cup. But at the same time, you know, you've got a, a population, a soccer audience here in the U.S. that is very attuned to global football as well, whether it's watching EPL matches week in and week out on NBC Sports or, you know, expats that live here in the U.S. who are, you know, who are major fans of their, their homeland national teams, you know, whether that's, you know, Brazil or, or European clubs, European teams rather. So it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see kind of how how it resonates, how, you know, really, I think, I think we'll see strong interest because it is a global sporting event and, you know, it, it will just generate its own kind of momentum at the same time, you know, how it translates into, into actual kind of water cooler talk in the office, you know, there, there will certainly be a dip around that um, compared to previous World Cups. You know, Fox uh, paid a lot of money for the English language, English language rights to broadcast the World Cup. And, you know, they've already started their promotional promotional program for for the tune-in there's certainly some compelling storylines as we look at this year's draw and you know we're going to see some great soccer as well so there's no doubt about that but you know from the standpoint to your question about the standpoint of how how engaged fans will be how involved sponsors will be how visible that will all be i think it's it's very fair and accurate to say that you know it's going to be there's going to be certainly uh, several degrees less than what we saw in uh, 2014 when the World Cup was in Brazil. How about just a couple of key storylines related to the international football and soccer? The event commences June 14th with host Russia taking on Saudi Arabia and culminates with a championship match game on Sunday morning, July 15th on Fox. I mean, are there storylines that Fox and uh, the advertisers will be pushing, you know, ahead of the event here and into the event? Sure. I mean, there's always the, the, you know, watching really closely, you know, what players are going to step forward, you know, how the established superstars, whether it's Messi or Ronaldo or Salah, you know, or pick pick any handful of them, you know, how they perform to lead their teams competitively to, you know, throughout the tournament. At the same time, you know, there's this World Cup is not, has no shortage of kind of off the pitch issues, many related to the host country, you know, human rights, human rights issues, some of the allegations about corruption as it relates to actually winning the bid, Russia as a country having this, you know, this systemic widespread doping problem that has really impacted their involvement in the Olympic movement. You know, things that we've seen or that I've, I've seen, you know, within the industry and, and, you know, Fox is commenting on, they, you know, they're going to staying away from a lot of those types of topics and really focus their coverage on the, um, on the, on the pitch and kind of has how the, how the tournament plays out. But I think, you know, so I think at the same time, that's not to say that we won't see that coverage kind of, you know, on, on the side, you know, lots of people going to Russia, media, global, international media going to Russia for this big event. They're going to be exploring the country, making observations and having a keen 
eye on kind of everything that's happening around the actual matches themselves. So, you know, I think it, it will be really interesting to see how, what heroes will emerge, what the drama will be, how the drama on the on the, on the the pitch will play out, but then also, you know, what the spotlight that, that just comes along with events like the FIFA World Cup, like the Olympics, what that will, what it's going to shine on and what stories will continue to continue to emerge. What about uh, the sponsors and their leverage of the event with, in terms of respective brands? I'm not sure you can speak directly to the brands in the sports industry being Adidas, Nike, and Puma. I know Adidas is the official uh, ball of the World Cup as well as I think they have 12 kits of teams participating. Nike has many and Puma has four. Obviously, it's a global economy when it comes to sportswear and footwear, so maybe it doesn't really matter that the U.S. is not involved or Italy. But how has the Russian economy caused some problems? Uh, I know the Russian economy has had some issues with uh, real estate and retail. Will that have any issue on the World Cup product being sold? I think you said something about FIFA will be selling it at the venues. That's right, Bob. The um, the reality is that, you know, from official World Cup merchandise, you know, that will that's all controlled by FIFA, you know, at the venue, in venue, around the venues, the kind of the areas that they take over over as part of the tournament. So, you know, the the licensed merchandise, all of that will you know, we'll continue just like any of us. We go to a big, we go to the Super Bowl, we go to a big sporting event here in the U.S. You know, you see the official merchandise tents and and pop up shops and things along those lines. You know, from a global perspective, as you talk, as you reference the um, the kind of endemic sponsors, the endemic brands that are involved in football, and you know, whether it's Puma, Adidas, Nike, and so forth, that are outfitting the national teams that are competing. You know, look, they are going to be they're selling a heck of a lot more of their their good in the in those home countries than they are going to be selling in Russia. So I don't think it's that it's that big of a consideration for them. Going beyond that to other sponsors, though, it is going to be interesting to see the level to which sponsors activate, you know, FIFA sponsors activate around the tournament, you know, from a, from an experiential marketing standpoint, from a promotional marketing standpoint, both on the ground, uh, of course, and because, and you know, by and large, you know, at each of these venues, there are, you know, sponsor activation zones, sponsor villages that are set up for, you know, so that those brands that have the official relationship with FIFA and the FIFA World Cup have an opportunity to showcase their goods and services. So the, what the scale and scope of that will be in 2018. Then even, you know, here in the U.S. more specifically, how these companies will be, if and to what extent they'll be running any promotional campaigns, you know, highlighting their relationship with the FIFA World Cup, given the fact that, again, the U.S. men's national team did not qualify. And I think we will see, certainly in broadcast, you'll see the commercial units. You may see some some advertising in kind of those sport endemic places, you know, the, the Sports Illustrated of the world, ESPN the magazine, on your sports and, and soccer news websites and things along those lines. But as far as, you know, big kind of contextual or themed advertising that might be running in primetime on other programs that you may be watching uh, beyond, besides, you know, FIFA World Cup broadcasts, I, I've got to think that we're not going to see a big kind of presence there. Guerrilla marketing in Russia. I mean, I know FIFA has a pretty controlled, if you're not an official sponsor of the World Cup, you're probably it's probably more difficult to do anything at the venue sites. But is that something that's possible in Russia? Yeah, to your point, I mean, it's it's less of a Russia thing versus, frankly, it's a FIFA thing. And, and they police that very, very diligently. You know, we have worked, personally worked over the years with brands who have leveraged, you know, the big global football tournament who were not but they were not sponsors of FIFA so there's you know there's 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 some degree of uh, opportunity there for brands that may not be a sponsor of the FIFA World Cup to tap into the fervor and the excitement and the engagement around around this this event and this tournament but you know there are certainly some very significant you know guardrails as well to make sure that you're operating in a way that's not going to get you in trouble you know just using the, you know, you can't reference the proper name, any marks, logos, any of that stuff. And I think, you know, but to your to your question, I think the the idea that there's there's already so many kind of considerations, if not issues, around this tournament. I think, you know, I don't think you're going to see a lot of brands step out in this way. It's just the the, the reward is not worth the risk. 
you know, on, on multiple levels. So I would, uh, I would not expect to see big campaigns by non-official sponsors, um, certainly here in the U.S. again, uh, because of the circumstances with our involvement. But then uh, also, you know, on the ground, it's just, it's it's really, really challenging to try to pull off anything meaningful because there is such tight control by by FIFA and then obviously supported by, by the host country and the organizing committee itself. About what the U.S. will be looking at in, in, at this World Cup uh, 2018 that they're not participating in, perhaps to help them going forward, maybe not on the pitch, but elsewhere. I know that I've seen on U.S. soccer's on a, on a tour now, and they're going to be playing it against the Irish national team next week, which I know is another non-qualifier. But I mean, is is, uh, is the U.S. national organization, which I know has gone undergone some structural changes in the last few months since not making that, since not qualifying, are they going to be looking at this World Cup for some ideas going forward? I mean, obviously they can't help them win to qualify for the next one, but I mean, are they going to be looking for ideas and how to maybe leverage increased participation, say, in soccer in the U.S.? Sure, Bob. I think um, that's a great question. I think the reality is that you know they're given the state of uh, the. U.S. men's national team and the, and the program overall, they're 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 under they're going through a lot of different evaluation, and there's there's certainly a great deal of value to um, to be taken from a close examination of of you know how how teams are competing and performing at the FIFA World Cup. You know, you mentioned the U.S. men's national team against, uh, match against Ireland. They just played against Bolivia on Memorial Day in outside outside Philadelphia. So the the U.S. men's national team program continues to be very active, and you know they're 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 cycling through different players, getting a, getting looking at a lot of different. Upcom- young and upcoming talent that's that's in the pipeline. Um, you know, here domestically in the U.S., of course, you know, Major League Soccer and is continues to grow and and thrive. You know, we're we're seeing you know the addition of some new clubs to MLS with Nashville and just recently, very recently in the last couple of days of when we're recording this, Cincinnati was announced as another expansion franchise. And then you know at the at the at the youth level, of course, you know the numbers continue to be very very significant. You know, certainly both of my kids are playing, and you see it on a week in week out basis. Um, you know, it's as and being involved in soccer in the U.S. for quite some time myself. You know, it's, as much as the sport has grown, as much progress as we've made, you know, there's there's still there's a lot of countries and in this in the world that have decades of development on us and we're we continue to kind of be behind um you know we're kind of playing catch up in that regard so i think the sport is sport remains very popular continues to continues to thrive i think you know the u.s men's national team failing to qualify for fifa world cup 2018 is a regrettable hiccup frankly in our in the continued development and it it forced the federation to take a close look at a lot of what they were doing and and be very scrutinous of their protocols and their process and and how they're really developing the game and you know it will be interesting to see kind of how it uh, how it all takes shape as they prepare you know go quickly into preparations to qualify for 2022 I just want to ask you about the field obviously there's some favorites I'd imagine uh, without it being as close to it perhaps as others I'd imagine Brazil and Germany are always in the running towards the quarterfinals and such but one question I have is who do you think might emerge as a surprise team and if there are a couple of surprise teams that make it to the round of 16 or the quarterfinals, does that give up maybe a whole soon sense of interest worldwide in the soccer population that some underdog team might have made it against the big guys down near the end? Absolutely, Bob. I think everyone loves an underdog. You know, I've um, the one one campaign that has stood out to me that's been running recently is you know Iceland is trying to uh, trying to get um, get some bandwagon jumpers from the U.S. to come out, come around and support their team, and they're certainly very much a dark horse in that regard. But you know, but yeah, I mean, if some some team makes a makes a run and has some dramatic uh, some dramatic wins in in group play you know i, I could see um i could see them you know really st- stepping out into the spotlight and, and fans kind of uh rallying around them you know you mentioned obviously germany and brazil 
the traditional soccer powers uh, that you can count on being there. You know, I think England, you know, England could, could surprise some people as well. You know, it, uh, and, you know, Mexico's got a chip on their shoulder. You know, they, they, you know, you just, you never know. You just never know in, in a tournament like this, clubs that could, uh, that could really, or teams rather, that could really kind of step forward. You know, as a, as a fan of Liverpool, I'm excited to watch Egypt and Mo Salah and how he does and, you know, there's the Pharaohs could could make a run. They're they're not in the strongest group, so they could come out of group play in in pretty good position. So that would be really interesting to see as well. They're certainly a, a little bit more on the long shot um, side of things, but you just you never know. And I think that's that's a little bit of the beauty of of the FIFA World Cup is. You know, while you've all you've got the heavyweights, and you can kind of count on on the heavyweights being in there slugging it out. Maybe somebody being surprised or upset. On the, on the flip side, there's going to be a team that you know many probably are not giving a, as great of a of a chance from an odd standpoint at the outset that that will make a run in the tournament. It'll be exciting, Sean. We'll see what happens. Uh, and the play begins. Uh, match play uh, on the 14th of uh, June 2018. Here was Russia playing uh, the host Russia playing Saudi Arabia. Uh, thank you for your insights. I've been speaking with Mr. Sean McBride of Ketchum Sports and Marketing about World Cup 2018. The quadrennial sporting event takes place again from June 14th to July 15th in Russia. And you've been listening to Inside the Lab at Full Meal 4 Media. This is Bob McGee.